Hello, and welcome to the Bethesda Podcast feed. It's here you can find all of our recorded services. And for more information, you can visit us at gobethesda.com. We hope you enjoy. Everybody say amen. God bless you. You may be seated. When Samuel the prophet came to anoint one of Jesse's boys to be the next king of Israel, Jesse didn't even call David into the room. Talk about overlooked and underestimated by your own father. When David delivered pizza to his brothers, you know that's what he did. They were out on the battlefield and his dad said, here's some cheese and bread. Well, that's what I call pizza. He, uh, he takes the pizza to his, his, his brothers out there and he heard Goliath's challenge. And he decided to accept Goliath's challenge. And when he did that, his brothers, like their father, overlooked and underestimated David. So did King Saul, his king. And then later, Goliath did the same thing. David's fathers, his brothers, his king, they didn't agree on everything, but they agreed on this one thing. David didn't amount to very much. He didn't bring much to the table. And it's interesting to note that they were all in agreement. I mean, his father, his brothers, and his king They were all in agreement with another guy, too. His name was Goliath. Isn't that interesting? To them, David was just a boy, the shepherd of a few sheep. It's interesting to you how that sometimes those closest to you can get into agreement with the very enemy that's our mutual enemy when it comes to you. Jesus said, a prophet is without honor in his own country. He could not do many mighty works in his hometown because they didn't believe. It was because of their unbelief. They looked at him and said, it's the Joseph's boy. Are you kidding me? A prophet's without honor in his own country. And when David went up against Goliath, the Bible says that he had his sling for sure. But 1 Samuel 17, 40 says he also had his staff, his shepherd's staff with him. That's why Goliath said, Am I a dog that you come to me with sticks? Goliath expressed what David's dad, what David's brothers, what his king, what they all thought of David. They despised him. The Bible says Goliath despised him. The Hebrew is baza. Baza. It means considered him to be worthless. Good for nothing. But there's more to David than what they all thought. You see, out there on the fields where he watched over his sheep, it was a different story altogether. You know what the sheep thought about David? He's a mighty man. You know what the bears thought about David? Who's a mighty man? I'm just going to try to talk like a bear. Like bears can talk. He's a mighty man. You know what the lions thought about David? Don't mess with him. Your brother's over there with his jaw ripped out of socket. Don't mess with him. He's a mighty man. And that's how God saw David. And that's all that mattered, right? That's all that mattered. It didn't matter what anybody else thought. God saw him as a mighty man. And because of how God saw him, David didn't let the allegations and innuendos of the skeptics and the critics seep into his spirit and hold him back. Rather, he let their criticism just run off of him like water off a duck's back. 
And he did what nobody thought he could do and what nobody else would do. And that is this. He killed Goliath. He took out the giant. And he became what nobody thought he could ever become. He became the king. Samuel, the mighty Samuel, didn't even see that coming. And I would add, so to speak, he was the namesake for none other than Messiah, who was known as the son of David. It's awesome. But you know the story. King Saul was insanely jealous. You know, the girls were singing the songs. David, you know, Saul's killed his thousands. David, tens of thousands. He was insanely jealous, this Saul, and David had to flee from him, and he hid for a season from Saul, and he went to the cave of Adullam. From our reading, David's place here was a cave, the cave of Adullam. It wasn't much to look at. I've looked at it. I've seen it, the cave of Adullam, just out in the middle of nowhere, dry, just desert, but it was a place of refuge. That's what Adula means, refuge. It makes me think of refuge, student ministries, the cave. Come over to the cave, right? Adulam. Call the T building back here, the Adulam. Uh, David needed a space, a place where he could recharge, refuel, renew. And it was while he was there that others began to join with him. Others who had been underestimated. And overlooked. David was joined by men who were distressed. It means to be in a tight spot. Distressed. In a tight spot. Man, between a rock and a hard place. Ever been there? It means to be, uh, you know, in difficult times. In a straight. In a mess. In a jam. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? Men who were distressed. They were also in debt. It literally means they had credit problems. They had problems with their creditors. Anybody ever been there? You ever been avoiding those phone calls? Don't answer that. Man, before caller ID, right? It was a field day for the bill collectors, right? Here comes caller ID. Oh. Not so much. I know who you are. I'm not getting it. I mean, they, they had credibility problems, distressed, in debt, and discontented. It, it means mistreated. It, it means they didn't fit in. They didn't fit the mold. They were different. I'm going to preach just for a few minutes if you don't mind. It's 10.50 since I... Turn my clock on. I've been going 10 minutes. I won't be long. It's Father's Day. I know. I know you got a menu already planned, Sims. I know it. I know you got some Thai food out there. Like, it's just, oh, no Thai food today. There's some food. Some of y'all got some food. It's, it's, it's already cooking right now. I get it. So I, let me shut up and move on. Everybody does not appreciate who you are, man. Everybody doesn't appreciate what you bring to the table. They don't see what's inside of you, and they don't understand your place in this world. Let me just say this right now. Manhood is under attack in our society and in our world. Masculinity is seen as toxic, and Hollywood portrays men as buffoons, idiots, animals, and stupid. 
People don't even know how to define what a man is nowadays or a woman. It's as if the Y chromosome is inconsequential altogether. But I want to tell you something. The Bible's got plenty to say about man and woman. Come on now. Let God be true and every man a liar. Man, you have a place. I might as well say it. Lady, woman, you have a place too. You are invaluable in the kingdom of God. You're the sons and daughters of the Most High God. Heirs of God. Join heirs with Christ. Head only and not the tail. Above only and not beneath. And you are mighty men and women of God. Give God some praise right now. Man, it's crazy what's going on in our world. We're going to be doing a series pretty soon on midweek that's going to deal with identity issues and what it means to be a man and what it means to be a woman. Because listen, if the church don't talk about that stuff, we're going to pick it up and our kids are going to pick it up in their social media world and in school and from crazy wackos on the internet. You hear what I'm saying? we got to talk about this stuff in the church. And we're going to do it on Wednesday night because it won't be. Right? Isn't that crazy that you even have to say that? And this house, this house is Bethesda, this church. This isn't a doulum. This is a refuge. This is a place for others like you who are misunderstood, who don't really fit in, who are overlooked and underestimated. The world says we're worthless and good for nothing, and we should back down and stay in our place and be invisible and get on the backside of nowhere and just take care of your little sheep over there. But there's a higher calling church, and there's a job to do. There are lions to defeat, and there are bears after our babies, and there are Goliaths, and there are Amalekites that we've got to take care of in the Spirit. Ephesians 6 Listen, when you signed up, when you turned to Jesus and Lord, I'm going to tell you something. You got in a spiritual war. You're in a battle already. Like, well, I don't believe in spiritual warfare. Well, if you believe in Jesus, you're already in it. Welcome to the battlefield. It's a terrible place to be to be on a battlefield and not know you're on a battlefield, right? That's a good way to get in trouble. Hey, let me give you a heads up. You're in the battle. You're already in the battle. If you love Jesus, you're in the battle. James, you're in the battle. I'm in the battle. We're in the battle. We're already there. Ephesians 6, we do not wrestle against flesh and blood. Hey, but we do wrestle against principalities, powers, rulers of the darkness of this age, spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. 2 Corinthians 10, the weapons of our warfare are not carnal but mighty in God. We're in a war, and we have weapons, and they're mighty to the pulling down of strongholds, casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity, into the obedience of Christ. We're in a war, and men, we have the sword of the Spirit. We got a word right here that takes down strongholds. You got to renew your mind to this, not to CNN, not to Fox News, not to YouTube videos, not to crazy cults. You got to renew your mind to the Word. This is the truth. This is reality. This is where we understand who we are and what we're called to do. Amen. Amen. 
and, and, and we're, we're not perfect. And we're not surrounded by perfect men. But this is a place where we can gather together. Not perfect people. No perfect people. I used to say that all the time. No perfect people allowed. And if you're perfect, we, please, we want to ask you to leave right now. Because two things. Here's what's going to happen. Either you're going to ruin our reputation by being perfect. Or, and this is probably what's going to happen, we're going to ruin you. <laughs> no perfect people. But here's the deal. We are not, we are refusing to be squeezed into this world's mold. The world does not understand nor do, does it want mighty men. This world does not understand nor does it want lion slayers, bear killers, sheep defenders, giant killers. And God's put some men here for a reason. I was talking to Trey last night. Uh, man, Trey just had some shifting on his job. He all of a sudden thought he was going to Houston, and now he's not going to Houston. And, uh, he, he, he applied for a job. Actually, he didn't apply. Right? Yay! <laughs> Bianca applied for a job for Trey. <laughs> this is online. I need to be careful. And he got the interview, and he got the job, and he switched. He was telling me last night, he's like, Pastor, you know, he's like, I, like is there anything I can do? He had already told me, I feel like God's called me to this place. I'm here where I'm supposed to be. What can I do? Mighty men, not perfect men, mighty men gathered together for a reason. Come on. Some mighty men. Uh, Troy, Troy has some job changes uh, recently, and he's expressed to me how, you know, they came over here. Uh, I get it, man, for the kids and the grandkids. I get it, mainly for the grandkids. I get it. I understand. They're here for the grandkids, but they love this church, and they feel like they've got a place here. He has some shiftings on his job, and there's others I can't disclose. Some of you made some shifts, and there's some potential shifts on your job, and stuff like that happen. It, it, it happening. Is, it's just crazy the way that works, but I believe that God's positioning us all to be right where we're supposed to be, in an adulum, in a place where we gather strength, and we gather together, and from here we go out, and we get some stuff done. I'm talking about mighty men mighty men Russell you've been here since the fairgrounds Josh man since way back in the day uh, y'all don't know it but Josh played guitar like for like 30 seconds here at, at the church yeah back in the day he's got a he's got phenomenal gear I just tell you that right now draw anyhow it's another story Wayne so faithful Mr. Wayne just like just awesome they Wayne and Marion are so influential and bring so many people and uh, I, I just, I love them and, and, and the rest of you. I get in trouble naming names, but listen to me. And I'm coming, I'm coming down for a landing here, but this is, this is vital. Hear what I'm saying. Hear my heart. I, 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 I preach to the women on Mother's Day. Uh, I, I believe in, in the, the power of, of women and God using you. I talked about that woman that threw a rock off, threw a household appliance on Abimelech back in the day and saved the day uh, on Mother's Day. I, I believe in that, but I'm preaching to some men today. There are some victories that only the mighty men of God could win in this world today. There's some battles that only the mighty men of God can fight. God help us. Look at 1 Samuel 30. Man, I feel the anointing of the Lord right now. 
The devil doesn't like it when we start dealing with men. At least that's the way I feel today. The devil is a liar. So our, our young men need to grow up to be men of God. I do not leave it to this culture to mold my kid into what they want that my kid to be. Me and Jesus and the church of the living God, we want that kid to be who God's called that kid to be. I'm just going to deal with some stuff, y'all. Our kids are facing stuff that some of us didn't face. I'm just telling you. The choices that they have brought to the table. Let me, let me just give you, like, uh, here, here's an illustration. Here's an illustration. When I was a kid, I, I'm going to tell you, so I, I'm 55. I'll be 56 in August. I graduated from high school in 1984. These are facts I don't like to reveal because it just, uh, I, I try to be youthful and whatnot, but obviously I'm failing. So I graduated from high school in 1984. And, and I graduated from Airline High School in North Louisiana, in Bossier City, Louisiana. And when I was there, man, we had riots in my high school. We had racial tension in my high school. I was a freshman, and I saw the courtyard in the middle fill up with white kids and black kids. And I saw that people had chairs like WWF hitting each other over the top of the head fighting with each other. It was violent. It was crazy. I, my mind was blown. But here's the point. We all had hunting rifles and guns in our cars. And nobody thought it was an option to go get one and shoot somebody else. The hatred was raging. But nobody shot anybody. Well, that wall came down, and now you can't have a gun anywhere near a school because it's an option now. Can I tell you something right now? And I am online, and I want to be, I want to walk around this, but I want to deal with it straight as well. I don't know how I can do that. But our kids have options now. You don't think you're a boy? You want to be a girl? All right, well, Okay. Who am I to judge you? I'll tell you who I am. I'm a grown man. And you're a dumb kid. You have a Y chromosome, boy. Let me give you a biology lesson. Hello? Which is insane. I'm saying the choices that they face now. Do you, do you understand? Back in the day, we had guns, but we didn't use them. We didn't know that was an option. Then we found out it was an option. Now you can't have a gun anywhere near a school. Kids never thought 
This is an option. Now it's an option down here, and it's celebrated and just like, oh, my God, this is the cat's meow. This is awesome. You're a super kid. You're not just a kid anymore. You're a rock star kid when you make that choice. No, you're not. You're, gonna, you're headed for a life full of amazing trouble and difficulties and confusion, and, and only the, the Holy Ghost can take you out of that mess I'm just saying we've got to have men that raise men and invite men into the world of men. Come on, give God some praise. He is a good God. And God can deliver and God can heal. And we love anybody, no matter what their orientation is, no matter where they've come from or what their background is. But let God be true and every man a liar. Hallelujah. We need men, strong men. There are some victories only men can win. Only men can fight in some fights. Look at 1 Samuel 30. Stand with me right now. i got to close. i got to close. 1 Samuel 30. Now it happened, verse 1, when David and his men came to Ziklag on the third day, that the Amalekites had invaded the south and Ziklag, attacked Ziklag, and burned it with fire. Listen to this. And had taken captive the women and those who were there from small to great. They did not kill anyone, but carried them away and went their way. So David and his men came to the city, and there it was, burned with fire. And their wives, their sons, their daughters had been taken captive by these Amalekites. Think about that. They're away fighting. They're away at war, doing the work of the Lord, literally. And then here, while they're gone, the Amalekites, a sworn enemy of Israel, Saul messed with them, and now they're afflicting David, and, and they, they burn his stuff, his city, take his stuff, and take, his, <clears throat> take their wives, their little ones, take them off, haul them off, carted them off. The men weren't there. They were out doing the work of God. Raymond Woodward made this statement, and Man, it's just stuck with me. Don't you know that as these families were being carted off, it was somebody, one of those women, one of those children, maybe with tears in their eyes, they looked at one of those old Amalekites and they said, you may be doing this right now, but you just wait till the men get home. Because when the men get home, they're going to come after you. And they're not going to let you get away with this. I'm telling you, the devil's done some harm in our homes. I wish the men would come home. The devil's done some harm in our churches. But what would happen if the men came home? And the men would be the men of God. The mighty men of God that they've been destined and called to be. They would say things like this, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. You're not taking my babies. You're not taking my wife. You're not taking my stuff. 
if the men would come home and lead in prayer, if the men would come home and lead in worship and praise to the Lord, if the men would come home, there's some babies and there's some wives waiting for the men to come home. Waiting on you, sir, to come home and fight for them. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'll tell you what would happen if that were to happen. Listen, verse 17. Then David and his 400 mighty men attacked them from twilight until evening the next day. And not a one of them, not a man of them, not an Amalekite escaped except 400 young men rode off on some camels and fled. So David recovered all that the Amalekites had carried away. David rescued wife number one and wife number two. That's a whole other story. And nothing of theirs was lacking, either small or great, sons or daughters, spoil or anything which they had taken from them. David recovered. When the men come home, you can recover everything. I wish I had some men in this church. I got statistics, y'all, for days. I know it bores you when I throw out statistics, but there's some alarming ones that have come out. Belief in God in the United States has plummeted to an all-time low, according to Gallup, just came out. Lower than women believing in God, men. Men having a hard time believing. What would happen if the men would come home? Hallelujah. I don't know about the rest of the world, but there's some men in this room. And I believe that God has put a call on your life. And He's bringing you home right now. Father, I thank you so much. I've seen some men make some extraordinary decisions in the last few weeks. Thank you for joining us. And for more information, you can visit us at GoBethesda.com. You can also visit us in person at 15050 Daigle Road, Prairieville, Louisiana. Services are at 10 a.m. Sunday and 7 p.m. on Wednesday.